What's up, everybody? My name is Stephen Young, and I am here today to explain to you what the Burr method is. And no, the Burr method isn't something about that you're being cold or wintertime. No, this is a real estate strategy that is probably very commonplace, which is why I get so many questions asked to me day in and day out about what this actually is, because it's everywhere. You can't turn your, your head around or go on the internet or go anywhere without someone talking about the Burr method. It's a strategy I've been using since I started in real estate. I didn't even know it wasn't actually called Burr method back then. You just did the scenario. But Burr method is a really clever way to describe a process where you buy something, you renovate it, you rent it out, you refinance it, you pull your money out of it, and then you go and do the process over and over again. So it's an incredible strategy for people who, one, don't have a large portfolio, they don't have a lot of money, and they want to start building their portfolio. And it's a great way where you can add value to a property, increase the value of the property, pull out the equity, and then use that equity to finance your next deal. The beauty about it, you retain the property, which is the most important part about real estate. It's about how many doors you own, how much real estate you actually control. That is ultimately the most important part about real estate. It's just actually having that over long periods of time. And this is a great strategy. To get, not only just get started, I've been using this for 18 years, this strategy. So it's not just about just getting started. It's about another great way to build your portfolio. Case in point, we just bought a property this week. I'm going to give you a presentation today on the exact strategy, the exact property. You can even look this up. It's public information. I just purchased this week. We closed in two weeks. We should be exiting from it between two and three months from now with all of our money back and a huge profit. And we got a great, beautiful property that's ours to maintain for the next 20 years or so. That being said, let's get into the presentation. So today's presentation is called the Burr Method. So I want to just get into this if I can. There we go. So uh, the Burr Method simply is an acronym for something that you want to do in terms of like buying. So this is what Burr stands for. The B is buy. You're going to buy a property. Again, that property is something that's going to be undervalued. That property you want to be undervalued so that you can renovate it, improve the property, pull out the, the money that you put into it, keep the property. So the next step is then you're going to rent the property. You're going to keep it, rent it. That new renter or tenant needs to be able to cover the cost of the property. I'm going to briefly touch on that when we get into it down the road about uh, what makes a good burr versus not a good burr or just a flip. And then you want to refinance the property once it's rented out because the new mortgage provider is going to want to say, is the property cash flowing? Will it cover itself? And then once you've refinanced it, <coughs> excuse me, and pull out the money, then you're going to want to go and do this all over again. So it's a great way where you can get started on one project and you're going to say, you know what? Um, I'm going to have one project. And from one project, I'm going to make that two projects. And two projects, I'm going to go to three projects. It is a little bit linear in the sense that you can kind of only do this at one. If you want to do it consecutively in a year, let's say. It'd be very difficult for your financiers or your providers to say, well, you can't go from one to two and two to four unless these are really good burr methods, but that's a very challenging thing to do. I have done it in the past, but it was very unique uh, economic circumstances where I had the ability to buy things for extremely low valuations. But that, that was back in the 2008 financial crisis. And we're not in that. And I don't foresee us being in that anytime soon in the near future. So that being said, 
it's more of a linear progression, not an exponential one, but that's okay. You're still growing your portfolio base and you can kind of do it right away. So you don't really have to wait too much. So um, when it gets down to the properties, now, one, we have a full course, and I'm going to have a link below in the in this presentation if you're listening and watching, about how to find undervalued properties, which is probably the most important part to do in any um, real estate scenario. Why I teach a course on that very specifically is because most people get hung up on the financing when really you should be hung up on finding a good undervalued property. Now, it is somewhat of an art form, but once you've understood how to find it once, you'll easily be able to do it all over again. And I've been doing that for 18 years. I've been teaching people for 18 years. Um, it's something that there is any city in any marketplace, there are hundreds, if not thousands of properties that are undervalued. They need work. They are dilapidated. They have been abused. They have not been cared for. They have, you know, nobody wants to buy these things. And it's not always what you think in, initially in your mind. You know, you see uh, probably on HDTV, and shows of that nature, you know, I think um, you start seeing these homes where they're just so far gone. And you're like, oh, that's that's it's really for entertainment purposes. That's not what I want you buying. Those homes are unique, and they're and they're for certain people out there in terms of who really want to tear down a house, really get into it. But for the average real estate investor, I kind of want you just finding a good solid property that's either aged or needs a little bit of renovation work or something that we call a lipstick fix where you can just go in and do the paint the walls, new flooring, new kitchens, things of that nature. Okay. So that being said, uh, when you're finding that, I'm not going to get into how you find them. That's a different course. Uh, but this is a property. I want to give you a real life scenario this just i just purchased this this week okay this is we're in june 2023 um unique story about this property was sitting on the market for nearly i think six months total and they started at 1.5 million reduced their price down to 1.4 million then they were down to 1.3 million and i gave an offer for 1.165 million and they said, no, go to hell. And then we came back and forth and back and forth in negotiation. Then there's two other offers that showed up all of a sudden. And we settled on 1.2 million. Now, one big benefit, and I'll get into this uh, a little bit. I won't touch on it too much. I get asked this all the time. Should I get my real estate license in order to be a real estate investor? The quick answer is no, you absolutely do not. But one benefit, if you do get into real estate investing and you just happen to be a realtor, just like myself, I actually got paid to buy the property. So that's part of my net acquisition cost. So that actually paid me $33,000 to buy the property. Now that didn't pay me to buy it, but it's a byproduct of me purchasing it and actually being a real estate agent. So it's something you may want to consider because it will help you down the road. It'll help you with selling. It'll help you with refinancing. It'll help you with connections. It'll help you get paid to purchase properties. So uh, I get paid. I Not always. I, a lot of times I just negotiate out the commission when I buy these properties because I don't really need the commission. But at the end of the day, if they are forcing me to, in this case scenario, it was just because it was multiple offers, they didn't want to negotiate commissions and long story. But uh, at the end of the day, they're paying me on this deal. Each year, I probably it's, I contribute about three to $400,000 a year in commissions just as a byproduct of me buying investment properties around the city. Now, most agents are like, I wish I could earn that kind of money, which is true. That that bypasses 97% of all the realtors out there. That is a byproduct. I don't even look for it. That's not that's just me getting paid to buy these properties for myself. So it may be something you want to consider if you are getting into real estate investing. But I don't encourage it because there's a lot that goes with it. I have other videos that I describe 
why you should do that, and why you shouldn't do it. But I don't think this is uh, the scenario for that. Anyways, I just want to touch next. I did buy this, and that was the scenario that came up this week. Now back to the presentation. So we have, um, so we purchased this property for 1.2 million. We did a great job in terms of the valuation of it. And part of the course, which again, there's a link below that course, we talk about how you underwrite these deals. So how do you find these deals? How do you know what a good deal is? Is it a good flip? Is it a good burr method? Is it a good rental property? So we describe all of that in the course that we provided for you. But at the end of the day, um, just quick numbers, and we're trying to keep this video short and concise. I want to show you this property, which is in the exact same building I sold two years ago. Now, yes, we've been in a bit of a funk in terms of the market, slightly down, mortgage rates are high, uh, people are you know scared, some job losses, but we have huge population growth and we still have a big supply issue here in, in the city. So prices are actually going up over the last two years. So realistically, I'm putting a valuation on basically the same as what was sold two years ago, the same identical unit, but renovated. Um, realistically, I'll probably get over 1.9 million, but I'm going to value it lower just in this scenario. So if we go back to what the acronym is, so we're going to be buying, we're going to be finding a property that's undervalued. We're going to renovate the property. We're going to then rent out the property that's fully renovated. So it's going to be fairly easy to rent. And then we're going to refinance that property. And then we're going to do the process all over again. So we're in the scenario where we're buying. We've now renovated the property. And I know the value of the property after renovation. There's something called ARV. So if you've never heard of ARV before, again, well, there's a lot of videos on our, on our YouTube channel, on our website. ARV simply means after renovation value. So after you've renovated the property, what is the valuation? Now, there's two valuations you're going to get. One is from the bank's appraiser, and then one is of market value. I'm using the scenario of the bank appraisal in this scenario, but realistically, the market value would be over 1.9 million. But I underestimated that in this scenario to show you the numbers. So once we've rented the property, uh, sorry, yeah, renovated it, we now need to rent the property. So this is a real life scenario. So the property I purchased is unit 904 and the unit 1004, which is one floor above, just rented, I want to say two days ago, maybe, maybe last week or whatever it was, I'm not sure. And it was just closing soon, a couple weeks. And they got $6,500 per month, which fully covers the carrying costs. It covers my mortgage, my property tax, my maintenance, and makes me money over and above uh, the, the expense to carry the property if I decided to keep the property, which is brings me to my next um, point, which is how do you determine what's a flip, a good flip, or what's a good burr, or what's a good cash flow property? Now, burr is only for people who want to really start building a portfolio of rental properties. For me, I'm in that phase right now. So this to me is a good Burr property because I can buy something, I can renovate it, and I know the equity in the property will cover refinance. I could pull my investment out of it, still keep the property and still keep it cash flow positive. You don't want to get in a scenario of Burr methods where you renovate, you've got a lot of cash into these things. And then all of a sudden you're saying, hey, I've got all this cash into it. I want my cash out and you can't cash out. And then you're stuck with either the rental property with all your money into it, or worst case scenario, you can't refinance it and you have a property that's cash flow negative. That's a big no-no. 
So when it comes to flipping, a lot of the flips that I do are cash flow negative properties, meaning if I were to rent it out at market value after my expenses are into it, I would actually be cash flow negative. So I don't want that as a rental property. So that's when I that's my determining factor of whether it's a flip or it's a burr, like a cash flow play. So cash flow simply just means it's cash flow either neutral or positive. So I actually make money each month from the cash, the rent that comes in and it covers all my expenses. And that's my determining factor of how you either flip the property and let somebody live there who wants to live in a beautiful property or whether you do a burr, uh, you refinance, cash out refinance and um, keep it as a rental property. So when it comes to next phase, so this is by the numbers of this actual scenario. So I purchased the property for $1.2 million. Um, the renovation and closing fees, <clears throat> excuse me, were estimated at one $175,000. That's money out of my pocket. I'm going to have to pay contractors and closing fees and lawyers and land transfer taxes and all that. Once all is said and done, the property is then fully renovated. At, and I'll be able to rent it knowing the numbers at $6,500 per month rented. Now, after the renovation value, the ARV, a conservative bank appraisal will most likely come in at $1.85 million. Realistically, though, the value of the property will be around $1.93 to $1.95 million, depending on the market and depending on what the purchases are like at the time. So I anticipate that's a real-life scenario. Appraisal values are almost always lower than uh, market value, but in certain circumstances, they will come to market value, but highly unlikely. So what does it look like for the final numbers? And this is the reason why I want to show you why Burr is so powerful. So my total cost in, so I paid 1.2 million. They paid me a commission of 33,000. So that's not in everybody's scenario, but it can be, you can work out deals with your purchasing agents. If you have an agent on your team and you know that you're going to be buying a lot of properties. My renovation costs was about $135,000. The closing fees estimate is about $40,000. So my total all-in cost out of pocket was $1.342 million. Here's the cool part. I actually doing this scenario with 100% financing. And we go into this and we talk about this in other videos, but it's an amazing strategy if you really know, if you have this dialed in, you know what you're talking about. So I, out of pocket, will have literally no money out of pocket, okay? Even though I mentioned earlier I'll be paying $175,000, that's actually not my money. I'll actually finance it from uh, lenders to lend that money out to them. So there'll be a cost to them. And then I'll refinance the property, again, at a lower valuation than realistic market value for $1.48 million. So it's 80% of whatever the bank value is. That's generally, you can certainly refinance these higher, I don't always recommend it because then you have higher rates, you have higher mortgage and insurance to pay. So I'd rather not do that. So as long as the, the rental cash flow covers the 80% financing, this is when you make the decision to keep the property and rent it out. And then uh, once everything's said and done, after the refinance of 1.48 million, I take I subtract my cost out of pocket. And what the bank actually gives me is a check for $138,000. So I'll get that in a couple of months. Plus, I keep a property. Plus, here's the cool part. It's now paying me 500 bucks a month for no money into the thing. So I've got no money in. I pulled out all my cash, plus the lenders, what they gave me. Plus, I get a check for $138,000. The beautiful thing about real estate is refinances are a zero tax event. What does that mean? 
There's no taxes to pay on the money. So if you were to sell the property as a flip, I'd be paying taxes on that. But the difference is I'd be making a heck of a lot more money. I'd be getting a check for about $400,000. So it depends on a lot of things. What's your goal? Are you trying to grow your portfolio? Are you trying to grow your just your cash flow? So if I were to flip this property, sure, I'd make more money out of it, but I'd be paying one tax. Uh, I wouldn't have the property any longer, so it wouldn't be going up in value anymore. I wouldn't have that cash flow each month. So there's a lot of scenarios of why this specific property is a great Burr method property. So it's something I hope you're enjoying. And um, that's kind of it, I think. Let me see. Yeah, so thanks for watching. That's that's the Burr method. Um, you can contact us at any time at Young Realty Inc. All the social media channels, all the same handle. You can go to our website, youngrealty.ca. You can call or text me direct, 416-274-7742. Uh, if you have any more questions about Burr Method, just please leave comments below. And you know we love everybody who subscribes to the channel, likes our channel. We like everybody, don't get me wrong. But I would appreciate it if you follow along, subscribe, liked us. And guess what? Burr Method's amazing. I've been doing it for a long time. If you have any questions, please reach out. We're always here for you. All the best.